Good morning, everyone. Is this on? Okay. Um, I'm a really big nature person. Like, I love animals and the outdoors, and I don't like spending my time outdoors, though, because it's annoying with all the bugs. So, in January, like last year, I was watching Netflix with my parents, and was watching Planet Earth, and they were falling asleep, but I was into it. I really, really enjoy that stuff. And it was about the Great Plains in Africa, and it really spoke to me. So I was supposed to give this message all the way back in June, but I believe God gave me the message, but then he said, I don't want you to just give this message, I want you to live this message. So since June, he made me live out this message. And this, I'm going to describe to you the scene that spoke to me, so... If you want to, like, close your eyes, if you want to, and just imagine it, you don't have to, but it'd be more fun. Uh, it says, so in Africa, there are dry seasons. Weeks and possible months have gone by without rain. This causes grass plants to dry up, and, cause, and this causes the disease and unwanted pests to live in that dry grass. Then a storm rolls in. The thunder starts to sound, and lightning begins to strike all over the African Great Plains. A spark is lit, and all of a sudden, the Great Plains are all an uncontrollable wildfire. All the disease in the plants and insects are now gone, as well as the insects, yeah. Uh, the rain from the storm is now rolling in. The ashes now soak, and the seeds buried underground are now brought out of dormancy. The sun breaks through the clouds, and now the new life of grass appears out from the ash. The new grass is now providing food for the surrounding animals and balancing out the community of life. And that really spoke to me because you can apply this to life through the different steps of the storm. And the first step is the dry seasons. And we all have dry seasons in our lives as Christians where we go months and weeks and possibly years without reading our Bibles, praying, worshiping. Or we could do all this but not get anything out of it. We read our Bibles because we feel like we have to. We worship, but there's no power behind our worship. We pray, but they're just prayers that are prayed in church. There's no power behind any of this. And your life becomes the dry grass in which the insects and the disease of sin start to make their home inside of you. But then the storm rolls in, and the storm is God and life at the same time. God uses the storm to mess up your life. And whenever he messes up your life, that is whenever he is known as God in your life. That's why he does it. He makes sure that you know that he's God and that you need him. Um, the lightning from the storm starts to spark in the Great Plains. This spark can be God as well. He lights it up. He lights your life up because it has to be destroyed. Your, your dead grass of body, your stronghold that is of sin, needs to be destroyed and buried down to the ground into ashes so that he can make his stronghold inside of you. So what happens is all the things you've worked for all of your life, your grades, your job, your promotion, anything that you've worked for years, and it seems to be just blown away by a simple breeze, and you're wondering... My life's falling apart. Why is he doing this? What has happened to me? But that's really why he's done it. It's falling apart so that he can build 
his stronghold up in yours and not Satan's or the enemy's or your own stronghold. The rain comes in and the rain soaks the ashes and it, so, and it gets into the seeds that's underground that's very deep within because as Christians we need to have, we need to have deep seeds. So when this happens, that the rain that comes from God isn't disconnected, but it's, it's connected to God so that we're not just some ash, but we're seeds waiting to come up from the ash. So the rain comes and soaks the seeds, and we are the seeds, and it brings it out of dormancy. He brings us out of dormancy. He says, wake up. And do what's right. Do what I need you to do. Do what you need to do for me to get right and get on my right path. So the seed rises up through the ash and it is the new you. Your worship causes this. It causes the fire. It causes the rain to come. It causes the fire to come. It causes this stronghold that is controlled by sin to be burnt down. It's all because of you. But since it's because of since it's all because of you, you have to make the first move. Because all you'll be is that dead, dry grass that produces no nutrition for the surrounding animals, which can be the other people in your life. They see you as Christians, but you're not providing new life for them or the scripture that they need to hear. They are dead grass too. So you're just a big field of dead grass. But you need to make the first move. The first move can be worship. Worship is our weapon as Christians. Worship brings the fire that we need. It summons and makes the Holy Spirit feel welcome to come in. Worship doesn't have to be just singing. It can be dancing. It can be art. It can be shouting. It can be anything that puts God higher than what you love in this life. It's what declares God, God. So whenever you worship God is speaking to you. You are with him. The fire comes. That's what I like to call pure worship. And that's the thing that's been speaking to me a lot recently. Pure worship. It's not fake. It's not powerless. It's got power. Our worship, whenever people minister through dance or through drama or through anything, when they're worshiping God, that affects people because they're seeing your worship. And God's connecting them through your worship. So he could be burning down their dry grass through your worship. That's why it's powerful. That's why it's important to do everything with passion and with full heart in what you do when you worship. So you could dance with full worship and then people are affected. I saw a girl on Facebook that did live feeds and she drew art for Jesus. And it connected to like thousands of people because they just found it fascinating. And then they were focused and then they were connected by that. Singing like worship leaders. Uh, all of this brings God's spirit into this house and into your temple and into your body and burns down everything. Uh, whenever it says you are providing food for your community, it's not real food, it's spiritual food. You are providing what the dead need. You're providing what the lost need. You are providing what God needs you to do. Um... This, like I said earlier, it could be through your school or through your work or anything in between. Um, 
This can be like when people ask you for scripture. This could be when people ask you about God or your walk in Christianity. You are providing them help. You're providing them food. You're providing everything they need. Uh, It's important as Christians to live passionately and not dead and dry. You have to be deep. You have to be soaked into the word. You have to live in your word. You can't be an on-fire Christian without your Bible because the Bible speaks to us. It's the living word of God. It is where we get our food, and then we share our food with the people. It's like the, I forgot why it's called in biology, where the energy is transferred through each organism. The plant is a producer, which can be us Christians, but then the grasshopper comes and eats the grass, and it has 10% of that energy, which could be anything spiritual if you want. Uh, then it passes that on, passes that on, passes that on, and that needs to be us as Christians. We need to be the grass so that when each consumer comes through us, and then we get fueled by God and by his rain, and he gives us our nutrients, that is whenever we should be that food for them. Um, when you worship, chains also break. Uh, like I said earlier, chains can break for yourself. Chains can break for the people who's watching. Uh, there's power behind your worship, and it's not because of you. It's not because of your moves. It's because of what God, God is doing through you and through your moves. It's the fire that is there. It's the atmosphere that is there. It's the Holy Spirit that is welcomed. Chains break because of you, and you have to make the first move. And if you're not going to do it, then there's probably no one else in the city or in your community or in your group that will. So you have to be the one that stands up and does it. Your worship is a warfare, like I said. It is your fight. It is what powers you. It is what welcomes God, like I said over and over. Worship is important. You can't... Worship is your outpour. God fills you up with what he wants you to hear, with his love, with his power, and you have to pour it out to the others around you. So when you fill up in church, you pour it out to the unchurched. This is where the fight takes place. Uh, Worship in 2 Corinthians. Yeah, okay. In 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 4, it says... For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are the weapons of, not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And this is our worship and it is our praise. Praise and worship can be the same thing or two different things. Um, just know that you have power through what God can do with you. Uh, God is your source of energy. He's your source of fire. He's your source of everything you need. God is the Almighty. Um, In Isaiah 25, 13, he says, He will bring down your high fortified walls and lay them low. He will bring them down to the ground, to the very dust, and that is God. He will bring down your fortress. He will bring down your strongholds in your life. When you feel like you can't lift your hands up to worship in church or at home or anywhere, whenever you feel like they're being chained down to where you can't lift your hands up, he will break those chains. You have to make the first move. You have to try, and then he will use it to cut them. 
You can't, he has to have zero sight for him to cut them. You have to try. You have to meet him halfway. You draw nigh to him, and he'll draw nigh to you. Whenever you... Whenever you worship and you feel like there's no power, when you feel like you're doing things in the church, when you're uh, volunteering in the church and there's no power, check your heart. Check why you're not feeling the God satisfaction. Check your heart because your heart is the reason why you worship. The heart is the reason why you serve. If you don't have love, and if you don't have a desire to see the outcome of your, voluntary, your volunteering, or your worship, or your community, then there will be no change. There will be no chains breaking. There will be no strongholds broken. There will be no change. And in this community, we are dying to see a change. But we're also expecting others to do it. But then when we try to do it ourselves, nothing works. So that could be our hearts. So if we change our hearts, then maybe we'll see the change in ourselves, and then we'll see the change in others. And then when the others group up, and then we'll see the change in the community, there's no outcome because of our income. There's no outcome because of our change. <laughs> there is no change because of our hearts. Our hearts are the reason why we live. Our hearts are the reason why we spiritually live. You have to have power. You have to have reason. You have to have love. You have to have uh, fire. You have to motivate others. You have to live in community with others. Yeah, you won't get along, but you still have to live with them. You have to have agape love, which is unconditional love no matter what they do to you, no matter their circumstances, no matter how much you really don't like them. That's agape love, unconditional love. And that's what you have to have to see the changes that you want, the, the people that you want to see saved, changed. Whenever you want somebody in your life and you know that they're unsaved or that they're not where they need to be with God or where they're just walked away from church, and whenever they see you ministering out in the streets, or in the church when they do come back. What are you going to do whenever you, they come back and you're not ready? When you're not right with God. And that your worship is just plain with no power. They're just moves. They're not affected by that. They're not affected by the fire that is brought in by God. That is welcomed by God. And how are they going to change? How are their hot hearts going to change? How are their strongholds going to be broken down if you don't have the fire in yourself to pour out? And whenever you don't see the change in them, then maybe they don't have anyone else in, the, in their lives who could possibly help change them or have intercessory prayer, which is when you pray for someone else or when you pray when, no, when you think no one else will. You have to have the fire. You have to be ready at all times. You can't slack because that one opportunity that you just slack down and that you don't have fire and then that person comes back and they're not affected, then that could be their last chance and then that will be on your hands. Always be ready, guys. Always have fire. Always worship. Whenever you feel like you can't worship, keep worshiping. Keep pushing because whenever you, like I said earlier, when you draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. He'll meet you halfway. He'll 
bring you up. He'll use you. When you feel like giving up, keep going. It's like working out when you really don't want to. You got to keep going to see the changes and the progress. Whenever you, whenever you feel like you're slacking and that the others are slacking too and you realize it, I've done this before, when all around you everybody's slacking and they're falling down and they're, they don't see the fire, but you're the only one that sees it, that is your job to pump everyone up. You got to be the one that brings the fire in yourself so that you bring the fire through the group. It's all on us, guys. It's not left for somebody else to do their job. It's all on us. We have to do our parts. We have to worship. The whole point of this message is the power behind your worship. Worship isn't just singing. It's not just songs. It's the power behind the songs. It's the meaning behind the songs. It's the, the fire behind the songs. It's what God does through your worship that is so important. It tears down strongholds. I'm summing up. It tears down strongholds. It breaks chains. It changes you. It changes others. It affects people who see you. There's feedback. You get feedback. I've uh, I've ministered through drama and the worship of pure worship behind us. We have people that come up to us and say how affected they are and how they've been changed and how they've been saved by God. It's not us. It's God. It's our hearts. It's our fire, it's our worship, our power behind our worship. It's not us, it's God. But we have to be ready ourselves to do this. So to sum this all up, be ready at all times. Worship when you feel like you can't anymore. Raise your hands when you feel like you can't anymore. Pray whenever you can't anymore. When you feel like you can't pray, that's the number one time to pray. When you read your Bible, don't read it because you feel like you have to. Read it because you know that there will be change when you read it. Pray that God speaks to you. Pray that your spiritual ears are open. Pray that your heart is open and to be ready to receive what God has to say to you. When your life seems like it's falling apart, when everything's thrown down the drain, when everything just gets blown in the wind, that is God ready to make things new because for things to be new to be made, the old has to be torn down. So next time you guys feel like you can't worship, you can't pray, you can't look up, make sure that you surround yourself with people who will help you, who will, you have to have community, who will help you lift your hands up whenever you're about to put them down. Surround yourselves smartly. Surround yourselves with people who love you, who are on fire for God, uh, who will worship for you, who will pray for you. That is the power that God wants us to have. That's it.
Man, pray to God that God would raise up a generation with hearts like what we've seen and heard today. Pray to God to do it, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. Man, I, listen, I'm a note taker when I hear somebody preach, all right? So I was up here taking notes, uh, and I love what Hunter said, and I want to sum it up and apply uh, very quickly uh, before we have some more students to come and close our service today. I want to apply very quickly uh, something that Hunter said, and I want to read to us 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, just as a time of response today. It just says, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. And, and man, I don't know if you've ever thought about worship the way that Hunter just talked about it, that worship is a weapon. And some of you right now, you are in a dry season, and you are telling yourself, it'll pass and you're waiting for it to pass. Or you are in a trial and you feel like, like he said, your world is falling apart and here's what you're saying. It'll pass and you are just hoping that it passes. You are hoping that it gets better. Or your, your family is going through a situation right now and it's the darkest time in your life. And you're, oh, well, it'll probably get better. And, and so you're waiting for it to pass. You're waiting for you to just to get out. What if you worshipped your way out? Do you understand? What if you worshipped your way out? See, some of us are in a dry season because you're saying, well, I can't worship. Look at my circumstances. And when your circumstances are big and God is really small, that's why you're so dry. That's why you won't worship. That's why you come in here and it seems like God is a million miles away. It's because you're looking horizontally and you need to look vertically. God is God today, right? And so, so worship, worship is not a song simply. Worship is not a feeling. Worship is a weapon. And so, so in the middle of my dry season, what if I worshiped and said, God, we sang it earlier, God, you are faithful in the dry season. In the middle of my trial and that diagnosis, what if I worshiped and said, God, you are faithful because you swore in your word, you work all things together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. So while you're in the middle of that season as a family, what if instead of just walking through the kitchen and just everybody's, the tension's so high and you're not sleeping at night what if you got the family together and you worshiped your way out as a family you prayed together you sought God together well I'm waiting for it to get better no what if God wants you to worship now right what if God wants you to worship now to say God thank you that you are good thank you that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ thank you that I am a new creation I'm still struggling with the same stuff I feel like I've been struggling for years but you say I'm new so I am new do you understand do you understand what Hunter told us today worship is a weapon worship is not something you come to it needs to be a lifestyle if you listen the reason, so this might not be for everybody, but if it's you, I pray you'd receive it. The reason some of you can't worship in here, you don't worship out there. Well, Mark, I don't get anything from your sermons. One of the reasons you don't get anything from my sermons is because this is the only time you open the Word of God once every seven days. You would starve to death if you live that way. And then you wonder why you're starving to death spiritually. It makes sense. It makes sense when God says, like, exactly what Hunter said. You open up the word of God. You expect a feast, and you're drying out spiritually. You're starving to death. Why? It's because if this is the only time you're eating spiritually, you're encountering God, God wants to speak to you all day, every day out there, and you are missing it. You are missing it. 
So as a time of invitation today, I just want to invite you to say, you know what, maybe number one, I need to become a worshiper. And worshipers are different than your normal, everyday Christians. Amen? See, culturally, Christianity is acceptable right here where we're at for right now. Because we live in the buckle of the Bible Belt. So everybody is a Christian. Squirrels are Christians in hazard. I can't find one that's not been washed in the blood of the lamb, ready for heaven. I, I always, I'll Mark, I'll, I, I hear people, Mark, I'm a Christian. I don't want to go to hell. I always find it so amazing. Jesus never, never walked up to somebody and said, hey, you don't want to go to hell, do you? Did you, know that, did you know that that was never an invitation from Jesus Christ? Everybody who doesn't want to go to hell, raise your hand, right? See, because that's what would have happened. Bro, listen, I raised my hand. I smelled something burning. I thought it was me, so I raised my hand, and I ain't going to hell. Here's what Jesus always said. Jesus was a one-hit wonder. Follow me. That's all he said. Follow me. Follow me. And you know what he did? When people said yes to following him, he made them into worshipers. So I'm not asking you, do you want to go to heaven? I'm asking you, what do you worship? Because you're going to worship something. It's either Jesus or something else. And if you worship anything else other than him, you are always going to end up broke, bankrupt spiritually with no purpose, empty on the inside because you weren't made for stuff or another person. You were made by God for God. Right? And so if you are here today, say, you know what, Mark, when I was five or when I was 25 or whatever, I prayed a prayer because I didn't want to go to hell. But I don't know if I'm a worshiper. I don't know if I know Jesus the way Hunter was talking about. Well, I want you to know today that Jesus is ready and willing to save and receive every person in this room who comes to him today by faith. He is. But maybe you're here today and you are a believer. You are a worshiper. You are a follower of Jesus Christ. And you are in that dry season. I want to tell you, worship your way out of it. Worship him right now. Praise him right now. Thank him right now. Thank him right now that you are going to make it to the other side because he is going to get you there. Thank him right now that you are not who you used to be, that you are a new creation. Worship your way out. Open up your Bible and crack that thing open and read it and say, God, thank you. Every promise is bought for me by Jesus. Expect to hear from God. You're in the middle of a trial right now. Worship your way through that trial. Do not walk away from God. Listen, the reason that 2 Corinthians in in that verse, it says that we don't fight with the weapons that normal humans, humanity fights with. We fight with spiritual weapons. It's because we have a spiritual enemy who doesn't want you to worship. That's why somebody in this room, the entire time I'm talking, you're saying this to yourself. You don't know what I'm going through. And I don't need to know what you're going through. And listen, listen, some of you are going through a horrible situation, and I want you to know that we sang it earlier. God is faithful. So worship him now. Worship him now, even when you don't see his faithfulness. Worship him now. Or maybe you're in a place where where God just seems to be moving in your life and things could not get better. Worship and praise God because, listen, that is not you. That is him working in your life. Every one of us in the room today has a reason to worship. Every one of us. Because of who he is and what he's done, we have a reason to worship. So right now in this time of response, 
That is our response. Our response is worship. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. And just let God move and speak to you in this moment. I believe that God spoke through Hunter in a powerful way. Just this idea, worship is a weapon. It is not an event that you come to. It is, it is a weapon. And so it starts with you being a worshiper. And that's my first question, are you? Are you a worshiper of Jesus Christ? Do you have a relationship with him? Are you a follower of Jesus today? Say, Mark, I don't think that I am. Mark, I don't know. Jesus wants you to know. He wants you to have assurance of your salvation. And today, if you need to be saved, right now I'm going to pray a prayer. These are not magic words, but I just want to help you express what God might be doing in your life. If you want to be saved today, pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Make me a worshiper. I want to live for you. I want to love you. I'm done trying to be my own boss. I'm done living for small things. Jesus, be my Lord and my master today. I give my heart and my life to you. Take it all. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for grace. I give my life to you right now. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, if you just prayed that prayer today, if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus and become a worshiper of him, just raise your hand right now and say, Mark, today I want to be saved. Today I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to be saved today. Raise your hand right now. Don't wait. Don't wait. Do it right now. If there's anybody in the room that fits that, fits that description, you need Christ in your life. You were made for more than this world could ever give you. You were made for him. If you need him in your life, raise your hand right now. Or you might be here and say, Mark, I'm in that dry season. I'm in that dry season right now, and I want to worship my way out of it. And I love that Hunter said, you know what? You need that community of people around you. And so if you are there today, if you say, Mark, I'm in that dry season, I just want somebody to pray for me. We will pray for you. Would you just raise your hand right now? If that's you, Mark, I'm in that dry season. I'm a follower of Jesus. I just feel like I'm in a dry season. Raise your hand right now. Put it up real high so I can pray for you. Right here, right over here, here in front of me. Anyone, just put your hands up high. Put your hands up real high. Don't worry about what's everybody else doing. You, this is between you and God. Hands are going up all over right here to my left, all over there to the back. Anybody else? I'm in a dry season right now. I would just love for prayer. Put your hand high. There's another one right there. There's another hand that just went up right over there. Anyone else? Father, I thank you for every hand that's up right now, and I pray that, Jesus, they would encounter you in that dry season and know that, Jesus, in those dry seasons, you have not abandoned us. You don't, just because we go through dry seasons does not mean you abandon us, doesn't mean you don't love us as you always have. You do right now. But, God, I pray that right now those people that raise their hands, those that didn't, that might be in that dry season, God, they would encounter you like never before. In your word, in prayer, they would worship you. God, that you would help them to begin to live a lifestyle of worship. And as we're in the spirit of praying, I just want to ask one more time, one more thing this morning. If you are in the middle of a trial right now and say, Mark, this is a dark time for me and my family. I would love to worship through it, but I need prayer. Would you just raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I'm in that trial. Hands are up all over, all over. I'm in that trial right now. Just raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Father, I just pray for every person. Raise their hand today. In the middle of that trial, you are faithful. We proclaim it today. You are faithful. God, you are faithful. 
Church, can we just say that out loud together in the middle of no matter what you're looking at, what you're facing. Let's all say it together. God, you are faithful. We proclaim it today. God, you are faithful with our families, with our futures, with our right now, with that decision. God, you are faithful. And we worship you today. And we love you. And we thank you that Jesus is alive. He has defeated death, hell, and the grave. There is hope. And we worship you today. You are the living God. And this week, God, there's so many opportunities for us to take that hope, to take, what, to take that worship out into the world. Help us to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, let's give God praise for today. Let's thank God for the opportunity to be here. I tell you what, right now, Hannah and Taylor are going to come. Come on out, girls. They've got one more thing for us, and uh, we're going to receive our offering. They're going to lead us in that, and we'll dismiss you guys in just a moment. But give Hannah and Taylor, give them a welcome. Give them your full attention. We would just like to thank you all for being here with us today. And remember to fill out your connection card and come to First Steps with Mark. Um, We would just like to thank you for coming out to Summit to worship with us on Youth Sunday. Okay, so um, obviously we've mentioned, like, the students leading today's service, um, and you've seen us all up here and heard from Hunter. So if any of you are in middle or high school, we'd love to see you at um, our youth services. So Sunday nights at 5.30 we have middle school, and at 7.05 we have high school. Um, In a few weeks, if you want to get involved in dramas like what we did today, then that will be an option again, so. Now it's time to take up our offering, so if our ushers would please come forward. All right, and while they're doing that, um, you all can be making your preparations, but um, I'm going to go ahead and pray to bless that, so if you'll pray with me. God, we thank you for this day, for bringing us all together to worship in your name this morning. Um, Thank you for the lesson that worship is a weapon, and help us to keep that at the forefront of our minds as we go throughout our walks with you. Um, just help us to keep in mind that we can share your word and your love no matter our age. So continue to empower us as students as well as all of our parents and all the other adults in the congregation this morning. We thank you and we praise you for all that you are and pray that you would just um, be with us as we all go home today. Bless this offering and use it for your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, while we're receiving our offering, when you walked in today, you saw a display out there in the middle of the lobby with these shoe boxes. That means it is time for Operation Christmas Child. If this is brand new for you, what this is, is these are shoe boxes that you, your family, life groups, whatever you're a part of, your classes, if you're teachers, whoever would want to do this. You can fill these shoe boxes up for boys and girls. They go around the world, and it provides a great Christmas for kids in other parts of the world, but also it shares the gospel with them. These boxes are free. Okay, so take those, and uh, inside of the box is the list of everything you can provide, and uh, those are due a couple of weeks in, uh, I believe, the second or third weekend of November, all right? So you guys can pick one of these up today on your way out. Hey, listen, love having you guys here today. Let's all stand. Still receiving our offering. Next week, next week we're going to begin a brand new series called The Future Me. And man, I'm so excited and fired up about what, uh, about what God is going to do there. Hey, really quick while we're receiving our offering, two weeks ago, Summit Whitesburg had their first baptism Sunday. And 
people were baptized, and that same day they saw more people give their life to, lives to Jesus. And so always remember that while we're here, we've got a whole other part of our church over there in Whitesburg where God's at work too, all right? So, hey, guys, love you all. Thank you so much for being here. You are dismissed. First-time guests, make sure to visit the welcome table. I'd love to meet some of you, though, at First Steps. Thanks, guys.